Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. We are going to read Genesis, but we are reading only verse 4 and 5. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So we saw how he first of all slandered the character of God, and we did that in our previous study. Now the question we want to look at today is how did he directly counter and contradict God's commandments? How did he do it? So we said he slandered the character of God. And then the next thing is for him to directly contradict these clear commands of God. So how did he do it? The first thing he did is that he said the bad thing that God said will happen will not happen. You see, God said you, God said you shall surely die. In dying, you will die. And the first thing that the devil did is to say, you shall not surely die. Let me put that back on the screen. You can see that, and the serpent sent unto the woman, you shall not surely die. And we said that the devil was also emphatic in what he said, unlike what Eve did and said, Eve was just dilly-dallying. Eve was not this emphatic. The devil himself was emphatic. So that's the first thing the devil said. He said, the bad thing that God said will happen will not happen. Then the next thing he said is that on the contrary, good thing will happen. You see, this is the way he contradicted the express clear word of God. He said, number one, the bad thing will not happen. Number two, on the contrary, good thing will happen. And what the devil was insinuating is that God has been keeping the good stuff away from them. Essentially, the devil was saying, look at Eve, God has been keeping the good stuff away. He was bluffing, okay, that God actually was hiding something behind this, this, you know, this stretch. Okay, number one, this bad thing will not happen. God will not, cannot <laughs> carry out this threat. And number two, that this threat is actually hiding something. That the, the truth is that God has been keeping the good stuff away from them. And the devil here is present, presenting himself as the good guy. He's presenting himself as the whistleblower on God. He's making himself out to be an hero. He's making himself out to be the good guy. He's making himself out to be a whistleblower. And then finally, having laid that foundation, he gave them what I call the Satan special, the deal breaker. Now, he was moving up to something. Remember, you know, the bad thing will not happen. Number two, good stuff will happen. The truth is that God has been keeping the good stuff away from you. And I'm here to whistle blow on God. I'm here. I'm the good guy. I'm here. I'm the hero. And then he actually dropped the clinger or the clanger, however people say it. And this is what I call Satan's special, the deep breaker. What did Satan then say? Let's go back to our reading for today. And this is the deal breaker. And the serpent said unto the woman, 
you shall not surely die. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, here comes the deal breaker. Here comes Satan's specialized. Then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. This is what finally you know, the, the, the final straw that broke the camel's back or the final bait that actually caught Eve. Number one, your eyes will be open. Number two, you shall be as God. I'm going to come back and look into some of these things very, very closer. The first thing is that, that he told them that God was keeping the good stuff from them. So the question is, did God truly keep the good stuff away from Adam and Eve? That was what the devil was insinuating. That was the charge that the devil was bringing against God. Did God truly keep the good stuff away from Adam and Eve? And we can apply that to ourselves. Is God keeping away the good stuff from us today? Because this is still this is still the this is still the charge that the devil is bringing against God. Did God really, truly, did He keep the good stuff away from Adam and Eve? Is God keeping away the good stuff from us today? Is God a taxmaster? Is God a wicked householder? Is God like an employer that exploits his employees? Is God like that? Is God really like that? You know, what baffled me here is that Eve could have pointed to a lot of good stuff that God has abundantly showered on them. God didn't need to create them. But Eve could have pointed to a lot of good stuff that God has abundantly showered on them. Number one, God created them differently. God created them in his own image after his own likeness. It was not because they earned it. It was not because they earned it. God himself said, let us create man in our own image and after our own likeness, number one. And then number two, God gave them dominion. Let them have dominion. God made them king and queen over his creation. God made them his, you know, his, his, his under, you know, king, his, his vassal king. God made them, you know, king over his creation. His deputy, ruler over the world. Number three, God put them in the Eden garden, a garden of bliss, a garden of delight, a garden in which they lack nothing. Number four, God comes down and have fellowship with them. How could the devil have brought such a charge against God? And more importantly, how could Eve and then Adam have swallowed this bait to say that God is keeping the good stuff away from them. Before you blame Eve, we too, how do we swallow this lie? The truth is that we too could point to a lot of good stuff that God has abundantly showered on humanity. I mean, despite this, many of us still, you know, still sustain God. Many of us still doubt him. Many of us still believe, many humans still believe the lies of the devil, that the devil has the good stuff and that God is keeping the good stuff away from them. But the truth is that if we are honest, if we look around, we too, like Eve, could point to a lot of good stuff that God has abundantly showered on humanity. For example, in creation, Matthew chapter 5, verses 44 and 45 says, 
and this was the Lord Jesus saying, he said, but I say unto you, love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be, where this way I'm going, verse 44, Matthew 5, 45, Matthew 5, 45, that you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and send, he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust, the season, the rain, the sun, the air that we breathe, the harvest, this is God's provision, and God is blessing both the just and the unjust. Even the people that curse him, even the people that rebel against him, God still bless them. We can point to a lot of good stuff that God showers on us. What about in redemption? John chapter 3, verse 16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, for it is written, high as not seen. Nor here had neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I mean, we I can read verses upon verses that tells us about the love of God, the care of God, the provision of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God that God has showered upon us in creation and in redemption. The God of Adam and Eve and our God is neither stingy nor selfish. He gave us all things to enjoy. Let's read. 1 Timothy chapter 3, let's read verses 17 and 18. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they not be high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, and ready to distribute and willing to communicate. This is God, you know, anointing and um, giving the revelation to to Paul to write this to, to Timothy and says, tell, tell those people that are rich in this world. And if God will tell the people that are rich in the world that they'll be good, that they'll be rich in good works and distribute and willing to communicate how much more God. But the heart here is that he said, God gives us richly all things to enjoy. This is the God that we saw in creation. This is the God of Adam and Eve. And this is our God today. This is the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. If God showed his love and care that much to Adam and Eve and to us today, why did they and why do we fall for the lie of Satan? I mean, if God is this generous, if God is this caring, if God is this loving, why do we fall for the lies of the devil? It is because of the mouth-watering affirmation that formed the second part of Satan's statement, like we said before. It is this bait. Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, here come the bait, then your eyes will be opened and you shall be as God. You know, I always think about people that fall for, for, for Ponzi scheme, people that fall for, for one night, people that fall for, you know, for, for fraud. It's always because there is something, there is a bait, okay? There is a promise. You know, the original Ponzi was promising people to double, you know, to double their investment in three months. 
when the bank of those days was only promising 5% in a year, there was a draw, there was a bait that oftentimes make people to almost lose their senses. And this is the bait. Because you will have thought that why didn't they think of the goodness of God? Why didn't they think of the love of God? Why don't we think of the goodness and the love of God? The bait. Your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as God's. You shall be as God. You will be in charge. You will be the boss. <laughs> Doesn't that sound familiar? You will be as God. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yes, it is. We've come across this. Satan was asking them to play the same card that Satan played. And we are surrounded even today by the same lies. You will be as God. Satan played that card once before. You remember? Let's read it. We just read one verse. We've read it before. Let's read Isaiah chapter 14. Just one verse at 14. You know, we read it before. Satan said, I will ascend above the height of the cloud and I will be what? Like the most high. I will be like the most high. This is a card that Satan has played before. So we are familiar with this thing that is offering to add to Eve and consequently to Adam. Because we read here in Isaiah chapter 14, and you know, there are various verses there. I've just, I've just read only one. We read in Isaiah chapter 14, Satan's loss for power, Satan's loss for self-centered ambition, Satan's loss for totalitarian domination. And that was what led, we remember, to the fall of Satan. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 tells us, How are thou falling from heaven, O Lucifer, thou son of the morning? How are thou cut down to the ground? And verse 15 of Isaiah 14 says that, Yet shall thou be brought down to a hell, to the side of the pit. That lost that desire, that ambition to be, to, to be like God, to be like the Most High, led to the fall of Satan. But Satan, however, did not tell Eve, did not tell Adam and Eve how that worked out for him. No, he did not tell them that. Satan was lying to them and he knows that he was lying. Satan was lying to them. <laughs> he knows that he was lying. He did not work out for Satan and his pack of angels. It all went horrid. It all went bad very, very quickly. Satan knew that Adam and Eve will meet the same fate like he did. He knew that. He knew what is going to happen to them. In fact, Satan is doing exactly the same thing he's accusing God of. He was accusing God of, you know, of covering the truth and showing them a lie. But actually, it was Satan that was doing that. Satan mixes just enough truth with a little poison and was tempting them to swallow this poison. He did not tell them how it worked out for him because he has an agenda. Indeed, their eyes will be open. Satan said your eyes will be open. He's mixing just enough truth with a lot of poison so that they can swallow it. Indeed, their eyes will be open, but not in a good way. The Satan didn't tell them that their eyes will be open in a bad way. Indeed, their eyes will be open, but not in a good way. Indeed, they will know good and evil, but they will not be like the Most High. Amen <laughs> to Jesus. We will return to this. We will return to these, to these lies, to this lie that Satan sell, sold to Eve and is selling to the world today. Even Christian, this lie, this desire to be like God, 
But let us ask ourselves one obvious question at this junction. I'm going to return because this is important. This lie, this desire, this ambition to be like the most high, to be the boss, to be the one in charge. We are going to return to that. This lie that seemed to have trapped or not seem, <laughs> that definitely trapped Adam and Eve. This lie that your eyes will be open and you'll be like the most high, or you'll be like God. This lie that trapped them that is still trapping us today, we will return to this lie. He is definitely not in this for Adam and Eve. Satan was not in this. For Adam and Eve, he was lying to them. He knew he was lying to them. He knew they are not going to be like the Most High. He knew that this is going to lead to their destruction. So there is an obvious question here at this junction. What was and what is Satan's ultimate agenda here? What was Satan's ultimate agenda in this campaign, in this thing that he was doing, in this scheme that he was drawing Eve into? What was Satan's agenda? What was he trying to get? What was he trying to achieve? The truth is that he's not in this campaign for Adam and Eve, even though he was selling them this lie. He's not in this campaign for them. He was there to use them. They were pawn in his scheme. They were pawn in his plan. He had an agenda. He was using them, just like he's using men today. He was using them, and he knew that they, they are going to fall. He knew that they are going to to lose everything. He knows that they are going to be destroyed for all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. But the question is, what is Satan's agenda? What is Satan's end game? Has he spotted an opportunity here to fulfill part of his failed evil ambition? Did he see that this is a second chance for him? A second bite, as it were, at the sherry? Is there something here that the devil is there an opportunity here that devil has spotted and is ready to waste Adam? Is ready to waste Eve? Is ready to destroy their destiny so that he can have a second bite at the sherry, so that he can have a second chance of fulfilling his failed evil ambition. Satan must not <laughs> must not have believed his luck that suddenly he has a you know a back door to at least fulfill part of his failed evil ambition. We will return to this and the question of human desire to be like the most high in our last teaching. I need to stop it at this moment, amen? But I want you to hold that question in your hand and I want you to listen to me. If you, if you are not born again, Satan doesn't love you. You know what this lie is selling, selling, selling to you that you will not go to hell. You, you know, there is no life after death. You know, that, that, you know, sin, sin seems to, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of destruction. And I want you to know it's a lie. Come home now for God so loved the world. God loves you. And that is why, like we have read, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Come there's no other name that is given among men whereby we might be saved. And God is knocking at your door. God is convicting you today. Don't let the devil lie to you. It's a way of destruction. Just come to Jesus tonight and ask him to save you. He's not asking anything from you. He's not trying to get anything from you. He wants to give everything to you. Ask him into your life. Ask him to be your Lord and Savior and he will, he will save you. He will bless you. He will make you a son and a daughter. He will walk the rest of your life with you on this earth. And when this is all over, you will spend eternity with him in the new heaven and new earth. Do it today. 
We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.